0: Big uh. I've
1: been around the And that was Melanie and brand new key and this your friendly neighborhood DJ Mike Motormouth Mulcahy on KROC the Crocodile rolling out the rock to whoever's left in whatever's left of the greater metropolitan area. The weather today is mostly lethal so stay indoors and by indoors we mean underground in a secure bunker or an abandoned mine. Well enough chitter chatter, let's get at her. This is Motormouth in the morning. Ready or not, here I rock. Well I got a brand
0: new pair oh, of the seats geez. you got a brand new pair. <laughs> John Roy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Hobo Radio. And now, two guys with worse jokes than me: Joel Murphy
1: and Lars. Hello again. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. With me is Lars Periwinkle. Hi. <laughs> hi i was gonna ask Why how you? you're doing but i know better
0: yeah 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 yeah. But yeah yeah we commiserated beforehand that's okay but it is friday the 24th of june 2022 if that's any indication to anybody
1: yeah uh some horrible news has happened today uh that feels very disheartening and uh is really difficult and the fact that if you're listening to this in the future and you don't know what specific thing I'm referring to in the year 2022 <laughs> should give some indication as to what this year has felt like but uh it sucks and it's terrible and I am very worried for this country but we do this dumb show I by the way did you watch um the new Uh, kids in the hall by any chance on Amazon yeah Yeah, totally there is my favorite sketch from this season was dayfully I've got a brand new pair of roller skates yeah and that's what it feels like to be doing this right now I feel like you and I are in an underground bunker uh queuing up brand new key by <laughs> by <laughs> melanie and broadcasting it to no one as uh the apocalypse is happening. So that that's the vibe I'm bringing into this. I don't know how you're feeling.
0: If you like brilliant Canadian humor and dong, I cannot. There was a I lot of dong. I recommend it. So much so many yeah. penises in that show. I will I I will <laughs> give it so much credit uh, to
1: because I feel like I've been fatigued and certainly you and I have uh, been on opposite sides of something like Ghostbusters Afterlife for the fact that uh, in these dying late stage of capitalism, where we're all headed towards an apocalypse uh, that uh, we're just rebooting all our franchises. And a lot of times it feels very empty and very coasting on what was done before, Kids in the Hall just felt like a new season of Kids in the Hall. Like, it didn't feel nostalgic. It didn't feel like they were leaning heavily into old bits. It was great. Like, it just felt like more Kids in the Hall, and I really
0: loved it. Yeah, how great is that? I'm not, not relying on nostalgia at all, just we have some new ideas, and we're ready to work together again after that late 90s fiasco that, that was brain candy.
1: I did love the opening, too, where they just... <laughs> Made fun of brain it was candy. Great.
0: And <clears throat> that was great. That was a great cold opening to the first episode. But I'll tell you what, while it doesn't rely on nostalgia, they recreated the original opening to the song opening credits to the show with the um, with the same song. And every time it happens, I am transported to the early 90s. I'm yes. just there again for the for the whatever 40 seconds that it's playing. I'm there. Right, but
1: I think again the brilliance is that you have that where you're transported, but then the actual comedy within feels new. And I really because especially oh, with new, comedy, yeah. comedy you can't just do the like, com- you know, music you can do a greatest hits tour twenty years later. Comedy it doesn't work. We don't want to see the same jokes. But you're older and tired now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember um, hearing an interview with the with flight of the Concorde, and um. And how they say, you know, we're comedy songwriters, so we're in this weird position of people want to hear new jokes, but they want to hear the songs that they love, so what are we supposed to do, you know? Yeah. Like, they don't want to hear a new song, but they want to hear new jokes, but also they want to hear the old songs, but they don't want to hear the same old jokes.
1: Yeah. No, it's tough. Yeah. Being a music comedy thing. Yeah. You, you're fighting two very different. Yeah. Cause that was kind of why they stopped. Right. was like, they needed a break because people just were singing along to their songs and they
0: had kind of lost i steve martin talked about that too we're not we can't even do our act like this is our act you don't you don't talk along with other people doing like with stand-ups doing jokes that you recognize yeah like if you ever read steve martin's memoir he kind of says
1: the same thing that in the 70s he was doing these stadium shows but everybody knew king tut and they knew all of his material and stuff so like he was like, I wasn't sure why I was performing <laughs> for that. Like they, they were performing it back to me. Well, and then he, he's yeah. kind of since you gone. Could on,
0: do, you could do that. At, you could do that at home. Why'd you come here?
1: <laughs> yeah. He's kind of gone on to say, he's like, now I look back at it and and realize it, it was a victory lap. And then maybe if I had realized that then that I would have appreciated it more, but at the time I really hated it. Cause it wasn't fun. <laughs>
0: like Creatively. <laughs> yes. If you're a musical comedy act and your first name isn't, weird or tenacious, then it's, it's gotta be difficult to be playing shows. Yeah. Which I, and I think with, uh, weird and
1: tenacious, uh, which is definitely going to be the title of this episode. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, in a, possibly the description of this show going forward, <laughs> but I like that. Uh, yeah. Um, that they, they both, I think weird out and tenacious D somehow, managed to make that where they lean more into being musicians like their songs are funny but they also really work as songs to a level that like and again it's not like shade towards flight of the concourse because i really like their stuff but their stuff is purely it's the comedy that you really love about it versus again yeah. and with weird out has the advantage of a lot of the stuff that he's doing is uh covers of already popular songs but it. The music is good in and of itself, so you, it lends itself to re-listening
0: more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to see him in August. I'm so psyched about it because he's all, he just got over COVID and he's feeling better, so I don't have to worry about that show being canceled because of COVID. <laughs> Man, that's also how... Weird Al is 100
1: years old, right? Like, I keep trying to figure that out. He seems ageless. He has always been and always will be. Yeah. He will be singing uh, parody songs to our great-great-grandchildren. Yes,
0: from a bunker.
1: <laughs> yeah, because at the point, the only song that he'll be covering is Brand New Key by Melanie, because that'll be the only <laughs> song that remains. Yes. yes.
0: Uh, it's going to be called Pie For Me. <laughs> I got a pie for me. That'll be good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. I got a brand I, new I, scoop of
0: Rocky Road. I got a pie for me. No, I got a, a slice of chocolate cake. Eh, okay. I thought you were just putting some ice cream I got, on. I got a brand new slice of chocolate cake. You've got a pie for me. Come on, man. Okay. Alright. Alright. Fine. You're the one <laughs> seeing him. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but,
1: uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where we're at, but oh, I guess all of that started to say that, yeah, the kids in the hall is real good. Yeah, go watch that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oh, man. So, uh, speaking of being old. (laughs) I guess um, in a sense that was what we were speaking of, sure. Yes, indeed. Uh, A couple weeks ago now, last week, actually, about four years ago, um, we had the final question of my weekly uh, weekly trivia contest also there
1: Um, are sirens in the background i don't know if my mic is picking them up but i really hope it is because i feel like it fits the ambiance of everything we've been saying up until this point so i don't know if you can hear them
0: oh okay yeah 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 i can hear them oh yeah those are the la cops look out (laughs) jack um and this particular trivia question made me so happy to be um, my age, I, we we play at a at a bar not far. Um, first of all, it's not far from the Johns Hopkins campus. And also it's in a um, kind of hip area. So there uh, we do this. Uh, we do this particular quiz with usually with a lot of very young people, you know, kids and is in their this, early is to it- mid 20s. Does this involve Jonathan Monroe or no? No, it doesn't. No, it does not. I'm telling okay. the story. If, if, if it involved him, I wouldn't be telling the story. <laughs> but you, do you still do trivia with him or no? They, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, he was our host. I don't,
1: does he still do trivia? I have no clue. I don't know. I don't, that guy's is wily. He's hard to pin down. I don't know what he's up to.
0: Yeah. yeah. He, he, he's too fucking important, apparently. So... This final question um, was... Are you ready cuz I'm I'm asking you the question and okay, sure, I, sure, sure. I think you'll get it as well. Okay. So the the question is what what ad campaign for an edible product from the late 80s early 90s had a jingle whose lyrics included 10 million strong and growing. 10 million oh, strong oh. Oh, friends, growing. oh, friends and listeners. Yeah. yeah. It hit uh, him like a lightning bolt. He knows uh, the song. Does he know the product? I know. That's what uh, um, it's.
1: Yeah, I can hear the jingle in my head. Uh, was it Flintstones? It was the, Flintstones Vitamins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, right? I, I had to like. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that took me a
0: second, your, but I was like, I definitely know your, the jingle. Your, <laughs> your face looked like a dog watching people have sex. Like, uh, what? What is this? I know. I think I know what it is. What is it? Should I be alarmed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, because I, I, I
1: had that where it was like I could just remember that line, and I could hear them singing it. But I was like, "Oh, what was that first part?" Did Flintstones
0: vitamins even still exist? I don't know. But yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't but know. But yeah. it was uh, Flintstones kids, 10, ten million, million. strong and ground. So which then um, they
1: remixed it, and it it eventually became one eight seven seven cars
0: for kids. Why would you do that to our our poor listeners. Uh, uh, I'm trying to distract forever. them with a terrible earworm from, uh, from everything uh, okay. else. Yeah. That's just maybe the, if that's the, the only in. Yeah. That's a <laughs> the the theme, theme song to the bad place. yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, so get, it was great because they asked the question and I wrote it down immediately because that, um, as I said to my teammates at the time, I said that song is written into my DNA. Like yeah, I no, just, you heard it, it is. so much during children's programming. And then I get up to use the men's room and I'm looking around at all these young kids with their, like their heads in their head, <laughs> their heads in their hands. Like, what is it? What is it? Like, yeah, that's right. That's right. No, I didn't know who played Maria in the new West side story or what she was in other than that, but I knew this one. Rachel Ziegler. Yeah. Is that I her know? name. That's right. Yeah. Yep.
1: Uh, by the way, uh, I have an exciting, I feel like I was particularly excited to be able to tell you this, but uh, Molly and I actually got invited to trivia this week and we went, which was, uh, we have not done anything in two years because of, you know, COVID,
0: but uh, it right, was. Right, 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 and It you was notoriously nice. don't like trivia. Do I not like. what? What is that? Well, when uh, I invited you to, I think a couple of times you came with me to trivia, it seemed like you, other than just like hanging out, you didn't seem to have a good time, like actually playing the trivia. You're like, how the fuck? Why the? I don't fucking. Why does anyone care about that? Well, I think <laughs> it was because that was when Jonathan Momro was doing it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
1: Oh, okay. That's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> no, I like trivia. I just, I don't know. Like, I was never. Uh. I don't know. I, I would never committed to it. I also don't like doing things notoriously and like leaving my oh, house. Oh, right. That's what it was. That's right. Being social. That's right. But also, so check this out because I think <laughs> trivia. That's not watching TV exactly. That's not home with <laughs> wife and dog. <laughs> uh, but no, I. So this threw me off because I. I imagine that your the trivia that you do is it still analog because this involved your phone. You actually. Whoa, uh, baby answered the questions on your phone it was interesting that as so as a team you know we still played as a team but like one person they gave you a pen you went to this website and you entered a a pen on your phone and then it gave you the questions as they unlocked them and you would type it in and then submit it and then they would add up the scores that way but it was interesting because the times that i had done it with you or whatever it was you turn in a piece of paper or whatever
0: yeah yeah they we still do it that way because um, it's highly discouraged for anyone to be looking at their phone while answering a trivia question. Yeah,
1: I guess they are honor system system in because I don't I maybe it can tell if you like leave <laughs> the, the thing okay. to go somewhere else or I don't know, maybe they have a anti Google filter or something. I don't know. But like they did say mm. the rules that don't cheat and don't yell out answers, which then someone drunkenly halfway through the night did yell out an answer but there's I think that's, always one yeah and it was the wrong answer too so that's always helpful sweet yeah but i do i so I, first of i want to tell you that like i i think i loved this one because molly and i felt like geniuses because they were kind of saying they were like yeah you guys will really help us on the pop culture side of things because we don't like know that and there was one section of the trivia that was all still images from movies that you had to identify what the movie was and man oh, like sure where i literally just had like molly and i just had the why don't you just hand us that phone and we'll <laughs> yeah. go through yeah. and we went 10 for 10 on sweet the, our eight for eight i think it was eight i don't remember eight for eight i think for the okay still images okay. and they were like they you know including I got to write because, and of course they said they would have accepted Batman v Superman, but I wrote Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice, which was also an image of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, which you could possibly think it was Justice League, but I didn't because I've seen both of those dumb movies and it was very clearly when they're about to fight Doomsday at the end of that dumb movie. Yeah. But yeah, so I felt, I felt very validated about that. But I, I want to give you this one. I have a trivia question for you because... Oh, sure. Lay it on me. Uh, so out of every question that they asked, this was the only one that I was like, if I get this wrong, it's going to kill me. And one of the other people in our group is... So this is a... a you have a 50-50 shot at this, but I thought it was one answer and the other person in the group... um thought it was the other one and I was like if we don't get the right one it's gonna drive me crazy because it was like she was like we'll we'll go with your answer but I was like I don't want to have it be my answer and then you were right okay so the question though is uh the mohawked warthog from Uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is named Uh either I don't
0: I don't I I got it I got okay I got it. it
1: but it's either you which one is it
0: you know so it's they bebop. gave everyone knows a fucking bebop. Okay, so you you just feel good that it's bebop. You have no doubts that
1: I have no doubts. Okay, all right. So I said that it was bebop, but then the other person in our group was like, "I think it's rock steady." And then that really, you see, I hate met... that. I hate the seed of doubt. Yeah, because it was like once that seed of doubt was there, I was like. Is it Rocksteady? Like, I felt confident I that it was Bebop. You start,
0: you start to doubt yourself, right? <laughs> you start to have a Mandela moment where you're like, yeah. have I been wrong this whole time? <laughs> but so then we really had that. And, and
1: she was like, well, we'll go with yours. And I was like, but what if mine's wrong? And what if you're right? And what if I just think <laughs> like, so it was like, it really bugged me because I was like, I can't miss this one for some reason. were so many other questions yeah. we could and did miss, but I was this one... <laughs> uh yeah and
0: i've been i've been playing with my my team for so long and specifically for a couple for more than a couple for a few years there it was just me and carlos me and carlos were the team and so we've got a good system in place for these type of affairs well because usually i'm right there with you it, it's usually i'd rather us all be wrong together than m- my dissenting opinion be accepted and that one be wrong so you know what I mean? So it's like, let's just, let's just all agree. So who, who cares whether it's right or wrong? At least we all came to a consensus and we're in it together. Yeah. But it was, it's just um, to, to Car- really Carlos and I had the system of, Hey, I feel really good about this. If it's wrong, that's completely on me, but I'm feeling strong on this particular
1: answer. I think too, because it was like our first time doing it, you know, maybe, maybe in the future I'll get more comfortable, but yeah, it also, it is Bebop and we got Bebop and we got that right. So I felt good. about Hell that. yeah. yeah.
0: That's great news. Yeah. Because I also, Bebop.
1: I, when I was doubting myself too, the the thing that sold me on going with it is I was trying to think like an 80s executive at a cartoon network and I was like, uh-huh. Rocksteady the Rhino. That's definitely the way they would have thought about it. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like 100% that's how that ended up being that. Yeah, yeah, could be, could be. Yeah, well, yeah, well, they were, they were naming a a mutant warthog and a mutant rhino after two, two different kinds of beats. Yeah. Musical beats, which is, which is something. I don't know if that happens anymore.
1: (laughs) I also was trying to remember and it didn't help. I was like, okay, in that dumb Michael Bay movie, which one was Seamus and which one was the dad from Malcolm in the Middle? Like, uh uh-huh. <laughs> <the dad.
0: laughs> I don't know his name, but oh, uh, yeah, he's a he's a big um voiceover guy. What is no, his name?
1: Yeah, no, he's he's been in a ton of stuff, but I always first and foremost remember him as
0: Stevie's dad on Malcolm in the Middle. But Gary Anthony Williams. That's it. Yes. By the way, we great voiceover uh, guy, great improviser too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he
1: is. Yeah, he used to do like spontaneous nation and stuff. He'd be really yeah. good at that. Uh by the way we we did well. We you didn't ask but I'm still going to tell you. Uh we were in first place for a while. But they had this like bonus thing where you if you felt confident about a round, you could uh do like a thing where you got double the points for that one round. So we did that early and we're in the lead for a long time. We ended up in third place though, which I
0: felt pretty <laughs> That's good fantastic. about. fantastic. Yeah. So if I want if I want any sort of information for you, are, are you not going to volunteer it unless I ask? What I do you have mean? To ask you all sorts of questions now. What? What, what do you mean? Well, let me write it like, down. You said, you said you didn't ask, but we did well.
1: Oh yeah yeah yeah. Why? Well, because it's like I'm bragging about how we did. So it's just like you. Not that you were curious. <laughs> how many? But um. How many teams were there? Was it a big house. It was. It was a lot. I think it was like sixteen or something. Like there were a lot of teams. Okay. So yeah, okay. we right, we on. did well overall. And yeah. apparently, the team that won. Uh, they, I was told by the people that do this regularly that we were doing it with, do it all the time. So, uh, they are now my enemies and yeah, we will yeah. beat them. But so most important question of all, what's your trivia team name? So we, what we went with, we went, we're, we're still working and we're open to suggestions. So if you or the listeners have them, uh, but what we went with, because there had been a thunderstorm that day in Los Angeles, uh we we were trying to think of something we called ourselves Thor was pissed. That was the name we went with that day.
0: Thor was pissed is pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. That was did people know what to do when it rained? No. It was
1: really weird. It was a lightning storm, which never happens here. Like it, it wow. very rarely rains, but it definitely there is never lightning in Los Angeles. So it was I woke me up. It was odd. And we had to close our windows great, because great. it's also a thousand degrees here these days. So <laughs>
0: right right yeah thor was pissed i like yeah. it i like it by the way the my we favorite team so like oh go ahead i was just gonna say of the other teams the, my favorite
1: was there was a team called Niles has gotta have it that really amused me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was one team called lake quizarables which i just appreciated because the trivia host could like always really stumbled on that one so the best team name was girl scout heron oh right yeah that one was good too Girl Scout Heron. That is cool. oh, Also, if you want the most subversive thing that hit Molly and I later, like as we were driving home, was there was a music round where they played clips of music. And the setup was such that it was like, the theme of this musical round is uh things that will make your breath smell better. And so they were all the, like, one of them was Lizzo Juice, you know, there were these okay. different like... Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, Great Balls of Fire, which I guess meant fireball. I, that one even.
0: But yeah, like, I guess so. Yeah. They had a, the last one, WAP. Oh, boy. Right? Well, <laughs> where, <we're> like, <laughs> where we
1: were driving home, and we're like, wait a second. <laughs> they said the theme of that was like breath freshener.
0: <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, yeah, but that was, yeah, that was good. Fresh is in the mouth of the beholder, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, yeah, it was super fun doing, I see why you do it now. (laughs) Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's a great time. We, we actually had a, we've been playing in the same location for, you know, a decade now and we've always been, we've always been Annie's boobs. Yeah. And, um, we have a team that plays there, um, in our home bar, uh, every once in a while then they have, they have taken to calling themselves Annie's personality. Which I really appreciate. <laughs> That's really that is pretty great. Okay. And the first time I heard it, I thought, I hope they get the reference right. Like, we're not, we're not trying to, whatever. But then, you know, I don't know who these people are, and I don't care anymore. I think it's just a funny joke. That is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're. I think we're, we're not still... named after Annie's boobs. We named ourselves after Annie's boobs. Yeah, yeah. Who was named after Annie's boobs? That he, the monkey was named after Annie's boobs. We're named yeah. after the monkey.
1: But if I remember correctly, it wasn't that was because they had a Twitter poll? I think they, they, had they opened, a poll. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always what happens. That's how you get Bodie McBoatface.
0: <laughs> Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> and there's a, there's another trivia team that we usually only see during playoffs, but they always give us a run for the, for the money. And I love hearing their name, Queeflatifa. <laughs> That's yeah, that one's good. Uh, really like by the way, since we're
1: trying to be, I don't know, somewhat positive, trying to trying to stay upbeat. I did watch a movie that's amazing that I know. I mentioned it to you, this to you before we started, and you haven't seen it yet, but I, I'm re- going to strongly it's, it's recommend. literally
0: on number one on my list. I just need three hours to watch it.
1: Yeah. So, it's It's available on Netflix. It is uh, the Tollywood movie, which is, you know, Indian uh, cinema movie, RRR, and it is fantastic.
0: Like, from- is it- you say they call it Tollywood now? I thought it was Bollywood. Is that something different? Well, it's a different region of India. So it's not Bollywood. Oh, understood. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, so that's why it's not yeah, which there's also a weird thing where um I think on Netflix it's in Hindi, but that's not the language that the original so it's like if you watch it on Netflix, it's dubbed into a language. So they're speak like their lines are dubbed, but then there's English subtitles. So it's, it's okay. a strange. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. But i I guessing that's
0: something. International film.
1: Uh, but the, the funniest thing about this movie, and I'll I'll spend a minute to say why I really enjoyed it. But it's so it's kind of based on, you know, like early 1900s. Uh, but it's there's an opening text in English that tells you this is a work of fiction. Uh, anything, you know, this is all this is all made up. It's all fiction. And then you watch it sure. and it's. Very clear that they are like British imperialists who are the villains who are <laughs> subjugating uh the natives of India, and the two main characters are based on real historical figures like they they're like so they are just gaslighting American audiences, and I'm here for it. I just
0: want to say I think that's great that's cool, yeah, yeah, yeah but. No, hey, this movie- hey, you, you know, you, you occupy someone's country for several centuries. They're going to make movies about you eventually. What do you want? Yeah. I also appreciated they got, uh,
1: I got, I can't remember this guy's name, but the guy, he was in Rome and then he was one of the, pun- not Thomas Jane, but he was the other Punisher that they made. Uh, oh yeah. Tall guy. That's right. Ray Stevenson is his name. Gotcha. But yeah, Ray Stevenson plays the. The main evil British man, like in the movie, who the movie opens with him and his wife stealing a child uh, from a village to raise as their own uh, from her mother. Who's there, you know, saying, don't (laughs) "Don't steal my child. Uh, But basically it's uh, so one of the characters, there's like these two main characters and one of them uh, is from the village and trying to get her back. And the other works for the British side. He's one of their soldiers, but they meet each other randomly and become best friends. But then they're on opposite sides of the war. And it's just epic in every sense. There's, there's musical numbers, there's dance numbers. There's a scene where a truck full of tigers and other various animals are just unleashed. On people, all of the fighting is like, like if you like Fast and the Furious or any of those action movies, it's that very, you know, like hyper stylized, uh, really fun action stuff. Uh, Really a lot of over the top action, a lot of really good comedy dancing. It's all like all the things that you like about movies are all in one movie.
0: Yeah, I heard I've heard more than one person say, like, I was completely riveted for three hours straight. Just it's just good, it's just a fun it's a fun ride it is, yeah, and it's very inventive, uh a lot of really creative action stuff
1: that i do I don't want to give anything away, but just they do a lot of things in and again, I watch all the action movies and they're doing a lot of things I have never seen in an action movie before, so that's always fun and it, and again, just embracing uh a lack of realism, you know what I mean, like we're not trying to make this be realistic, we're trying to
0: make this be awesome and I think that's a good way to go. Was it, did you like it more or less than Top Gun Maverick? More. Sweet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause well, I enjoyed Top Gun. that be
0: good because Tom Cruise was nowhere near it. <laughs> Ma- no, if he
1: had done it, he wouldn't have done it because there was too much CGI. He would have insisted on really fighting a tiger, uh, I think.
0: Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Maybe I should really go kidnap a baby. Yeah, probably you should. Uh, but yeah, I, Oh wait, he's a, he's a Scientologist. He probably has. <laughs> oh man. Uh,
1: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Cause I do think, you know, it, it's a good reminder because American action movies tend to all feel the same. And then you watch something like this and you're like, oh, white, right, right. There's a lot of stuff you can be doing that <laughs> we aren't doing, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I it occurs to me every once in a while, what, just watching a fun action movie, that they fall into these tropes, and I can't figure out why. It seems like you know you're you're only limited by your own imagination now when it comes to making, especially an action movie, because no one even wants them to be good. They want them to be fun. Just just make it fun. It doesn't like they keep rolling out these Fast and Furious movies. You know they're in, they're in space. They're being chased by a fucking submarine, and people dig that. So. Start doing that more. Also, they could they could
1: probably take a page from this, the fast. And, the, and I like the Fast and the Furious movies, but, they, you know, they are kind of running out of uh, ways to go with it. I think, you know, I'd watch Vin Diesel fight a tiger. I'd, you know, I'd watch some of the and again, I mean, it's, it, it follows a very similar trajectory. If you think about Fast and Furious is the first one. And again, we're way far away from this at this point. But it was that Dom and Brian were on opposite sides of the law. Who they be like the, the core, like friendship, we're on opposite sides, but our, you know, but like we're you know, we care about each other, so that's gonna cause us to rethink our alliances. Uh, is fundamental to both. I hadn't thought about it till now, but like that's in both, and both what RRR and Fast and the Furious. Oh, okay. Hey. And honestly, RRR at its core is about family, I
0: think. Uh huh. Oh, are the Fast and Furious movies about family? Yeah. Did you not get that? It's subtle. No, I, I didn't get it. Oh, you know what? I'm not great with subtext. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's just below the surface. But I think if you dig, you'll you'll find it. By the way, can I say this? Like, because I think we talked about this on the last show we did. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is on uh, Disney Plus, which blows my mind because yeah. it doesn't feel like it should be there yet. But I accepted right. it. I was. Uh, the other day, I went on to Disney Plus and saw that it was there, and I was like, "Okay." And I rewatched it, and that movie is great. Yeah. And I just want to say it's that really again; it's, it's super really rewatchable. I feel like people slept on that movie for some reason, and I don't know why. You think? I think people. I think people wanted it to be something that it wasn't. Like I just don't feel like
0: it. Oh, it, I see. I see.
1: It just didn't get the Marvel fan response that
0: I feel like it deserves, and yeah. Uh, you know what? Fair enough. Yeah, I think they they wanted more. They wanted more cameos, which right. I think I think um, Ramy was feeling that pressure too. And apparently, he filmed some stuff, or at least at the very least, storyboarded some things that included a lot of other characters. But he decided instead to make a really good movie, which he did. Yeah, yeah. And I Yeah, yeah. I hope he and Elizabeth Olsen make sorry, I think I think they really are mutually exclusive. Like do you want you just want to see a bunch of people or do you want to see a good movie? I really do think those are the two choices.
1: Well, yes and no. I I fundamentally agree with that, but I also think somehow Spider Man No Way Home really threaded that needle in a way that you wouldn't expect. Oh, definitely.
0: Where it both—I mean, definitely—but like all the all the characters were Spider-Man related. You know what I mean? Like, I think people were saying, "Well, Deadpool's going to be in Doctor Strange," which, but why would he be? You know, he could be, and that could be fun. But if you're gonna, if like if you're gonna say, "I wanted to put Deadpool in here, but I couldn't do it in order to make the movie I wanted to make," then yeah, fuck Deadpool. I want to see a good movie. Make your movie. Right? Yeah, I think people thought there
1: was going to be more multiverse jumping i imagine like that they would go to more places and see a lot of like and again i also just think uh and this isn't marvel's fault they shouldn't really be compared but i understand why they are but just like i also think everything everywhere all at once really up the bar for creativity and like what you can do in a gonzo style (laughs) multiverse movie which is not what this was trying to be but I, i but i wonder if like some sort of combination of fan theories and everything everywhere all at once caused people. But yeah, I, I didn't really care about the cameos. I know that that was a selling point for some people. There was one cameo that I was very excited for, which I was in the trailer. So I, and also this movie has been out and we might've even said it on the last episode we did, but Charles Xavier was awesome and it made me very happy to see him. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I also, you know, what's so good about that too, because I love that uh, they're all, they're this, you know, they're the Illuminati. And so they're, they're trying to decide what to do with Dr. Strange. But then when it's just the two of them and Chidwell Four mm-hmm. alone, mm-hmm. that it, Charles Xavier just starts going like, if you do escape with the girl, like, and he starts coaching him like kind of because he's Charles Xavier, almost selling out his timeline and being like, look, I I'm smart enough and I can see far enough to realize what you're doing. Like if you do escape, like go do that. Like I just really love that moment. It's a very small moment of just like Professor Xavier counseling him in advice that is not necessarily conducive to what the Illuminati is doing in yeah, that moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, Charles Xavier always, always on the side of good. Yeah, no matter what, even if it's against his, um, against his own um, better interests. I also um, do
1: I, I also think this movie's creating a Mandela effect because now that he has come out while they played the cartoon X-Men theme song I oh really yeah. think always that's good. That. It's great to hear but I feel like people are going to think that that's always been the theme that plays when you see live action Charles Xavier is the 80s cartoon <laughs> theme
0: 90s 90s whatever. Yeah. 10 million strong and growing. I mean, you can't be saying whatever to, to factoids like that if you're going to be playing, playing trivia. That is true. You yeah. have to be a, a pedantic ass all <laughs> of the time. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Uh, but no, I yeah, I I like Doctor
1: Strange and I don't really necessarily care about the first Doctor Strange movie or that character all that much, but this one was good. Yeah, fair enough.
0: I It was great. It was great to see... Um, to see Reed Richards in his uniform. I, I don't care that it was John Krasinski. It could have been anyone. It could have been you, Mr. Murphy. I wouldn't give him a shit. It's just, there's there's Reed Richards, and he looks like Reed Richards. Oh, shit, he's dead. But th- yeah. he was there. He was yeah. there. <laughs> I But I also, you know what? I didn't catch this
1: the first time, but now that I've watched it twice, he's kind of doing a weird voice. I don't know why. Like, Krasinski's kind of doing this this voice. And I, and I once I heard it, and I'm trying to ruin it for everyone else, too. Like, once I heard it, I couldn't stop focusing on it, where he's like, you know, Doctor Strange, you're here, and you're... Like, he's kind of doing this weird nerd voice, and I was like, well, you don't talk like that.
0: How, I thought that's how he talked, no? I don't, There's something about the the
1: way... He's not... Well, he doesn't sound like Jim. He never looked in the camera once, so he's not doing Jim, yeah, yeah. I know, and he might be doing what he did in that Tom Clancy show, but how would any of us know? No, no one ever saw it, so I don't know what he's doing there, uh, yeah. but... But no, I mean, it might not be like a different voice, but I think it's just like the staccato, like the the way that he's talking, the cadence of it just sounds strange to me. Once I started, like, focusing on he's making a choice and I don't quite understand what that
0: choice is. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Look, I think I think they they set up um, I think they set up Dr. Doom and Moon Knight personally, so I, I wouldn't mind. I would, I would mind to like slowly dip their toe back in the water of we're, we might try this fantastic four shit again. I would love like there's still room for a
1: good Doctor Doom. I think like Where, I don't think we've seen yeah. a great on screen Doctor Doom yet.
0: So yes, you've had you know two swings and two misses thus far, but it wasn't it wasn't the the character or the actor's fault. They just weren't in great movies. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's do let's do it again. I like it if this is like testing the waters for it. Yeah, I I'm all on bo- I'm on board for all of it. And I think there's some jealous motherfuckers out there now who's like you can't even watch one of these Marvel movies now without watching like like 30 hours of other Marvel shit. And uh yeah, yeah, that I mean that is true. We put in the time. There's no reason for you to be hating on it. No, thank you for saying that because I actually had a similar like
1: I was kind of thinking about that, too, that it's such a funny thing that Marvel has been around so long and is so successful at this point that early on, you know, when we first watched Iron Man and they do that, the teaser at the end of, you know, I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. We all that was such a cool thing. It was so like, oh, my God, like this is the coolest thing that we've ever seen. We all got really excited Go for for it. it. They're going for it and then they built a cinematic universe successfully and have sustained it for this long successfully and and lots of other studios including DC have tried to replicate that success and have not been able to and they've been able to keep it going even as like most of the original stars aren't even around at this point like the right, the contracts right. expired on your core group but you've built enough goodwill
0: and enough they, new they characters and you simultaneously like ended their character arc you right. know they didn't just disappear it's like we we wrote a beginning a middle and an end to their character as the audience needs to see them yep yeah we said goodbye to them
1: and then continued yeah, on with other yeah. characters and they sustained it but yeah it's like now the new i'm too cool for this uh mentality is like ugh I mean, the reason Doctor Strange isn't good is because it's just like setting up the next movie and they, they can't do anything really cool because it's all part of a shared universe and like they'll, you know, they can't do anything too crazy. To And it's like, you're now taking what's been one of the coolest things about this and acting like that's a deficit to
0: the <laughs> like, right. to Marvel. Right.
1: <laughs> but yep. yeah, that's definitely a growing... Thing that I hear more of that too, and so I it feels validating that you've heard it as well. I
0: don't, I don't get it. Like, even with um, uh, and you know, including the TV shows, people go like, Man, they make like there's like three of these movies coming out a year, and then like TV shows, and I'm like, Yeah, you're, you're right, so like six six to nine hours worth of Marvel stuff comes out in a year and no one's making you watch it. So I don't understand what the complaint is. Like, why are you even talking about it if you don't watch them? Right. And don't. Yeah. What do you mean? You're tired of hearing about them. How often do you hear about it? Like commercials? I'm tired of hearing about Coca-Cola too, but like they're commercials. You can ignore them. Well, and it's funny too, because
1: Molly is very much, you know, has a, I think what is probably a, a much more normal approach to the Marvel movies, which is we'll watch the trailer together. And if something about it interests her, like she, you know, she loved Thor Ragnarok. She, she went with me to see Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. Really loved that. Yeah. If she's interested in the particular movie, she'll be like, yeah, I'll go with that to you. And if not, it's like, yeah, go, go see that on your own. And so as much as people are like, you have to see everyone and they're all connected. She doesn't. And, like when she saw Multiverse of Madness, she hadn't seen the first Doctor Strange. And I kind of afterwards, I was like, I mean, did that all make sense? Was there anything? And she was like, I mean, I didn't know who Christine was, but it made sense. Like, I figured it out. <laughs> like, it was contextually, yeah. uh, she's the probably the love interest from the first one. Like, it's, you know, right. as much as it's like rewarding to watch them all and you, there's a deeper understanding of the characters and everything, it's not like you, most of these you can still... Understand an individual movie, you know, probably like the Avengers. Totally, because
0: you can, like, you. you, I mean, that's kind of how our brains work: is we take in the information we understand and like filter out the stuff that we don't understand in order to understand a complete picture. You know, I I watched like the first three episodes of season two of Game of Thrones without seeing the first season. Yeah, and then I watched the first season and rewatched those first three episodes, and I picked up on a lot of stuff that. I don't even remember seeing the first time because I just filtered it out. I'm like, don't know what that is. Yeah, well, that was like,
1: that was like, I I watched the whole first season, but then when, um, what's his name? Um, Theon Greyjoy, Uh when he became Uh important, I was like, who is this guy? I I don't remember this guy. Like, I, he did not... What do you mean he was there the whole time? No, I literally had that. He did not register for me in the first season, so I didn't... Re- like, I had to be like, oh, well, oh, so he's there when they get the direwolves? Wait, no, he's there in the castle. Wait, he's... <laughs> like, what
0: like is... Was... Yeah. yeah, I just don't... Look, I don't... I, I just... It always seems to be that's the shit that people get pissed off about. It's like, Star Wars stuff and comic book stuff. We're like, look, I don't... I was dipping in and out of like Fast and Furious movies and Transformer movies. I couldn't give a shit whether they get made or not. You know, they seem to make people happy. But, you know, I don't – They're still making Fast and Furious movies? That's fine. I don't care. I don't – No one's making me watch them. No one's making me hear about them. I I know they exist. I can make that choice. It's not important shit. It's just movies. Yeah. A perfect example. Why the hate hate comes from this is – just don't watch it. Grey's Anatomy is still on. I've not seen a minute of that show, save for like a cold opening that happened after Lost, which, by the way, is 15 years ago. But fine. Keep making Grey's Anatomy. I couldn't give a shit. It does not affect me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I felt that way, too, because I saw like they're making a new uh Despicable Me Minions or whatever. And I I kind of had that I was like good for them i'm glad yeah i'm yeah. glad they're still making these those things look cute i haven't watched these i
0: don't know what this is about but like i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad they're bringing people joy like yeah totally totally i i just really don't understand why especially um the MCU is just the focus of man they they really why are they still making those movies Who, who the why the fuck do you care
1: right man and the idea too of like you know man they they keep making these and that's stopping hollywood from making something else no if they weren't making these they'd be making another jurassic park or another (laughs) it's not like hollywood is suddenly gonna get more creative if just marvel was gone
0: (laughs) Like, like everything. Right. Oh man, that yeah. that freed up a lot of cash. <laughs> this isn't a baseball team. There's plenty to go around. They make lots of movies all the time. Yeah, Disney's gonna be fine either way. Like, uh-huh. they're
1: okay. oh, yeah. I think they'll be okay. By the way, I do. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying Miss Marvel as well
0: so far. Like that one's really fun. I forgot. I forgot. Here's where they fucked up with that. When the first episode of Obi Wan is over, why doesn't it autoplay Miss Marvel? Oh,
1: see, it's funny that you said that, because what I thought you were going to say, uh, which I would kind of feel like, because I did feel this with Obi-Wan and Miss Marvel of, I think you can reasonably assume some crossover between those yeah. two fan bases. Maybe wait for one to end before starting the next one. Because well,
0: that's, I, I, yeah. that's what I don't think it's fair to Miss Marvel that they dropped on the same day. But if you're going to drop them on the same day, why not have her autoplay right after Obi-Wan? Yeah. Because I forgot she was there. But yeah, I also just
1: think yeah, fundamentally cuz Obi-Wan is six episodes. So wait for those six episodes to end and then start Miss Marvel. Like I, I, I don't think know why that you're was competing. probably the
0: better way to go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think like having them at the same time cuz I did sort of have that where Miss Marvel definitely built up for me cuz I Obi-Wan felt like the one that I was like I better watch this because the internet will ruin it. So, so that always had the priority, but uh like I, I'm really enjoying Miss Marvel though. Like I, I think it's delightful Uh and you know, it's fun, which I also think that that's my only thing is like there could be more fun Marvel movies, which is why Taika Waititi is so great.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. We'll see what he does with star Wars too. I haven't watched. I haven't watched a moment of, um, of Miss Marvel, I'm looking forward to it. I was watching, um, uh, I was watching The Boys, which is horrifying, and uh, it's good, but utterly horrifying. Um, and then, and I know, and I know, I'm always ages behind you on this show, but I'll emphasize again that I think Better Call Saul is the best drama on television, it and is. I think it's yes. going to go down as one of the best dramas ever to be on television. Yep. It is so goddamn good, and I like. I it, for me it was 2 years in between seasons. And I you hit play on the first episode of season 5 and like not only do I remember exactly where we are but I remember the feeling of watching that last episode 2 years ago and I'm immediately enthralled again. I don't know how they do it. God damn what a good show. I feel like I'm overselling it but like it's no, so but it fucking is. good. No, it
1: it really is and it's <laughs> it's funny because I really appreciate Vince Gilligan because he is a very humble person and he's very honest. But you like if you really dive in, because I listen to their like insider podcast that they do everything. And it's almost infuriating how brilliant the people involved in that show are because you realize like you watch that show and you would think that they planned everything out like they must have Mm -hmm. meticulous notes. And it's like, no, no, they don't plan anything out. They just are that good. That they make you think. They're
0: that, they're that damn good. I, I, can remember, I can remember in particular, there was a um, a cold opening to an episode of Breaking Bad that was just a spider in a desert. Boy, howdy, does that pay off. <laughs> yeah. And in the beginning, one of the cold openings to Better Call Saul was uh, Jimmy was um, at a second hand store. He ends up buying a set of three bowling balls and you just know that's going to pay off. And then 45 minutes later, you forget about the bowling balls. And then here they come. Here come the bowling balls. You're like, that is that is so goddamn brilliant and hilarious what you did there. Well, and I mean, they're getting cocky because
1: and they should because they're that good. But you watch the first episode of this season and I'll be vague, but it starts with an FBI raid and the FBI is just Mm -hmm. dumping stuff out of this apartment and all this stuff that you see. Half of it, we probably haven't even had payoff, but then it ends with this like one stopper that rolls out into the road. And then that you see in the last episode of this season, what that is like. They teased it in a cold open in the first episode. And then it and it's not even like <clears throat> like it's not, you know, like some big like the payoff isn't such that it's like huge. It's just a small thing that you understand Why he kept it and what that means, but it's just, you don't understand the significance of it at the time. No, they're really good at that
0: stuff. It's just, it's just good and like really interesting storytelling, you know, Yeah, because on paper, you know, first of all, I like the way they do it where it's like cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect. And I know I've I've said that before, but a lot of people who are making, um, you know, television entertainment don't get for there to be an effect. There should be a cause. But also just interesting interesting storytelling and like this story is the story we've written for the characters is cool and it is interesting, but we should probably tell it in the most interesting way possible because this is supposed to be entertaining to people.
1: Right. And they hire really great directors. I mean, Ryan Johnson used to do stuff on Breaking Bad. Like the the directors yeah. that they hire are fantastic. They give them a lot of uh free license to to decide visually how they want to tell stuff, but no, I think you're onto something that, to me, is what stands out about the show, that they do well, and I think a lot of shows miss, which is – and look, I'm going to pick on Game of Thrones because it's the – you mentioned it before, and it's the one that comes to mind. Yeah. You watch that last season of Game of Thrones, and it's very clear they had fixed points that was like, we need to get from here to here, and so – We just have to move the pieces. We have to move the characters and get them to these spots. And you watch it and you're like, why is Jon Snow behaving like this? This doesn't feel like Jon Snow. He's being weird. Like, why is Danny doing this? Why? And the characters start behaving ways that don't ring true because they need them to, because they need to get to the point that they're trying to, that they pre-decided. And I think the brilliance of the improvisational Vince Gilligan school of writing is they don't do that. Instead they really know their characters they have really rich characters and they understand mm-hmm. them and yeah like you said it's all cause and effect so we're going to have this character come at this character and try to like ruin their day okay well what would that character do in response okay well now that that character's done that in response
0: what would character A do
1: <laughs> and it's exactly. like exactly once you start doing like, that what do yeah. we
0: need them to do it's yeah. what would Kim say to Jimmy in response to what he what he said You know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the most interesting, dramatic thing in the world. But like, what would be her natural reaction? We she's been around for three seasons. So what would her what would be her reaction to that? Right. And and I think because
1: of that, their characters always feel real and authentic. And so you buy it and then, yeah, they're good enough. And I'll I don't want to talk too much about anything in Better Call Saul. But like, I feel like Breaking Bad's fair game at this point. Like, I I remember That the last season of Breaking Bad, the the going into the last season, like at the end of the season before it, there was a scene where Walter White gets this like really powerful weapon at a he's at a breakfast place and he, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, he buys a gun that's a really powerful gun. And I remember hearing Vince Gilligan talk about that and people were like, so the, for the last season, did you plan like these white supremacists uh, like to show up these villains like, when did you know about them? How did you decide that? And he was like, well, you know, we wrote this scene where <laughs> Walt had this gun and they we were like, well, why would he need that gun? So we tried to come up with some characters that would be uh-huh. <laughs> like intimidating enough to justify him needing that gun. And it's like, that's how they think. And that's, it's like <laughs> just totally because yeah. they
0: don't, they write themselves, like they write themselves and their characters into a corner. and then. They have to figure their way out of it. And they're so familiar with their world they built and their characters that the way the person gets out of that is really entertaining to watch. Aren't you telling me that they, when they, they wrote in Walter hiding the ricin in his house without any idea what they were going to do with it. Yeah.
1: That's how most of their stuff is. Yeah. They just (laughs) like, and I think that's what they're good at is like a lot of times you're right. They write themselves into corners, but I think the other thing that they do is it's sort of that if you do improv, like they give themselves gifts where it's just they think of things like here's a thing that maybe like, well, we'll probably want this later. Like, we don't know why, but if we just like give us this thing and it's it's funny, I feel like they only caught them like the only seam that I really notice was actually in uh, Breaking Bad. I thought the one season, I think it's season two where they open with, like, body bags on uh, Walter's lawn. You know, they're doing, like, okay, this. Okay, okay. And it's, like, uh, the FBI is there, and they're they're kind of poking around his pool and trying to figure out what happened. And then it turns out that it's a plane crash at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And I, that one was the only one where I was, like, that feels a little convenient. <laughs> like, that. You, so, you, you guys couldn't figure that one out, could you? Yeah. Right. But it's, like... Did, did you not think you were getting picked up for the next season? <laughs> right did you think you were gonna have to end this in season two like yeah it Uh, felt like they were probably thinking something else and got cold feet and went with that and it it felt a little cop out but other than that i've never felt that about either show and
0: it's great and what i like about better call saul is so breaking bad is so first of all it's much heavier like it's a it's a different it's a different tone yes maybe the same tone but more exaggerated, you know. Well, you know what it is too? Like um, I, I think some of the difference for me though too is like
1: it's very different protagonist because I I mean I love Brian Cranston and what he did, but
0: Walter White oh, is yeah. an asshole. Like he's I think that's you know yeah. what I think that's what I was trying to say. It's like yeah. we're dealing with this asshole that has everything on the line, you know. Yeah. We, we find, he's like he's dying of cancer and he throws it all on the line for I mean, we all know what he threw it all for because we all watched that show. Yeah. But what I like about what I like about Better Call Saul there's there's like there's like three different main storylines and they're all sort of interconnecting but as as far as like this story being about Jimmy McGill is Jimmy could do nothing. He doesn't need to be doing any of the greasy shit that he's doing. He could just he could just have gotten his law degree, passed the bar and could be practicing law in any way shape or form. So like the stakes are low in that he could do nothing and be fine, but he just can't. That's what makes him so com- such a compelling character is that he, he's compelled to do this, gr- this greasy shit and take shortcuts. And it's hilarious. Well, and I, cause I do agree with that, but I, I think like just
1: to, to add a little bit to it of like how I see him too, because, because I love this character and I love Bob Odenkirk so much. And I, I really oh, yeah. connected Jimmy. Uh, but I think what they do really well is that there's an inherent sweetness. There is a part of him that wants to do good. And, yeah, you know, absolutely. it's like absolutely. you can see it when he's doing the elder law and, and early on in his career where it's like he really wants to do good. He really wants to impress Chuck. He wants to be a good lawyer. And it's just he is never rewarded for that. Like anytime he mm. tries to be good. Something either it's Chuck doesn't care and won't, you know, still thinks of him as sleazy, or you know, some sort of obstacle comes out that kind of reinforces. I don't know, you're not really going to get a reward for doing the right thing, you're just going to do the right thing because it's the right thing, but it's the you're there is no moral dessert for it. But when he's shady and he cuts corners, he gets to where he wants to be faster. And so that is a reward. So it's like the show does a good job of giving him a little bit more instant gratification when
0: he's bad than when he's good. And it's almost like you almost see the, the transition of like when he's when he is doing good, he enjoys the feeling of doing the good thing. But it isn't like it isn't like he's not he's not given his his just rewards. People take a shit on him left and right. right. It's like, but I'm, yeah. I'm doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And yeah. I'm actually sacrificing a lot of my happiness in order to do good because I'd rather do good because that makes me feel good. And you just keep, you know, you just keep kicking me in the balls for it. So, you right. know what? Fuck you. I'm selling cell phones.
1: But that's what <laughs> I mean is like, I think that that's the brilliance of the show is that you understand why he, he makes the the shadier decisions and it's heartbreaking yeah. because you also know how it's all going to
0: end <laughs> but yes, yes well i mean we yeah yeah we kind of have an idea that's why i think his performance is so brilliant because he's playing the same character at two very different points in his life you know like even at the, yeah. the beginning of the the beginning of the series in the past he he's even so much different then than he is now And then in the now, now in the black and white, now he's so completely different. He's just void of any personality. And I think the way he plays it is, is just, great. If you told me, like, I've always been a huge fan of Bob Odenkirk and his comedy. Um, If you had told me this guy is going to be delivering a, uh, delivering a stellar dramatic performance in this, in this heavy one hour drama. Get the fuck out of here. Well, that's, I mean, and again, I, I think we don't appreciate
1: comedians enough because Cranston too, it's easy to forget, but like Cranston was Malcolm in the Middle. He was the dentist. Uh, what was his character's name? He was the guy on,
0: Watley, Tim Watley on Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, like, thanks. Because I always ask you what yeah, his name was in yeah. Seinfeld. I don't know why you're asking me.
1: But uh, But yeah, they were both like comedic actors who were both fantastic comedic actors. But yeah, it's like... They, you know, we, I think we overvalue how hard it is to do dramatic acting and undervalue how hard it is to yeah. do comedy in terms of like, Yep. if you can do comedy, you probably have a better chance of doing dramatic acting than if you're a dramatic actor who thinks you can do comedy. Like, it usually works better the one way than the yep. other, I feel That's like. That's true. But, you know what? Good, good yeah. fucking point.
0: And I think Vince
1: Gilligan takes those chances on that too. You know, that he, he sees something. He seems to like finding comedic actors and having them be serious. I mean, uh, like what's his name? Um, the, I'm not a fucking stormtrooper Like, uh, Bill oh, Burr. Burr. <laughs> yeah. Bill Burr's like one of the heavies in, uh, in, uh, Breaking Bad and such. But that's yeah, right. I, that's right. I think that, yeah, like Odenkirk's amazing. And, yeah, I, I'm with you that I've loved Bob Odenkirk my whole life. I love Mr. Show. I, I'm a huge fan of him. But yeah, I, I can't pretend that I saw this coming or anything that like any of us anticipated that he would. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah.
0: Or that, you know, or that Michael McKean was going to be playing a character that I dislike. That's impossible. I wouldn't even dislike Mac- you, you talk about Lenny? I always love Lenny. Not even dis- but like despise. Like that oh, I, yeah. the
1: level that I hate his character. <laughs> like is shocking to me
0: like i hate chuck Probably i hate him so much that like oh chuck's completely in the right but fuck that guy right yeah no and i think that's why the show is good
1: is like yeah even when chuck has a point you're like no shut the fuck up like
0: yeah you douchebag
1: even howard i'm more sympathetic towards than i ever was towards chuck like yeah yeah but but no, yeah. it's – yeah, it does all of that really well. I think the other – like one last thing I'll say about it too that I think is good, which is how it it plays everything out, is I, I think it does a good job of keeping Jimmy and Kim just out of sync with each other where yeah. one of them will be more into what they're doing than the other. And I think that works really well of like – because then there are times where Jimmy is ready to walk away, is ready to do the right thing, but Kim is into – keep going and so he's like okay yeah we'll keep going like or she's realizing that they're going too far but he's too committed at that point he's like no we can do it and i think
0: like that adds a whole other level to it that's really great where it's just like absolutely yeah they're they have a fascinating they've written a fascinating relationship between the two of them and um uh Rhea seahorn plays plays really well off of him and she she has this um I I don't even know because I'm, I'm I i do not have this talent, but there's this there's this elusive quality that Rhea Sehorn brings to the table that I, bet, I think is really utilized. We've said it twice, so I'm just gonna. Say, I think it's Ray
1: Sehorn. I'm pretty sure that's how you.
0: Pronounce oh, is it? it? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, you yeah. know what? I think I've only ever read it in the credits, so I don't yeah, know no, if it's heard it spoken it's, out loud. Ray. Yeah, it's Ray Sehorn. But no, if Ray, Ray Seahorn's a fantastic name,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> But she should be nominated and should win an Emmy this year. And I'm going to be very angry if she doesn't, which probably won't happen because, you know, but like she, the fact that she hasn't been nominated for this character is infuriating. Yeah.
0: And I think they, you know, they understand when they're, when they're writing these stories that look, the audience already knows that these two characters don't stay together, but they don't know why. So This is going to be a slow burn and they're going to be looking for any tiny cracks that come up because they're waiting for it to happen. So let's just, instead of writing a relationship that has a beginning and an end, let's just write a relationship and see where it goes. Like relationships do. We know it'll end, but they don't know it's going to end. Yeah. And I, and I think that she's become
1: the best wild card in the show too, because we know what happens to Mike Ehrmantral. We know what happens to Jimmy. We don't know where, like, if Kim is in the, bre- no. like, we never saw Kim in the Breaking Bad universe, but that doesn't mean no. that she didn't exist somewhere in some form. <laughs> and I think that really
0: creates an yeah, interesting. exactly. In- we know, we know what happens to, that. we know what happens to Gus and Nacho. And we like, we know what happens to all these characters, but you're right. She is the, she is the, the one wild card. I also – let me just ask you this because I'm curious because
1: uh, I've been thinking about this a lot too. Do you think – like we know how be, the the main storyline that we've been watching, the the Jimmy storyline is going to end. But mm. then there's Cinnabon Gene, the, the black and white uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. present day him. And I like do you think that we'll get any kind of happy ending or do you think it's all going to be
0: set? That's a great question. I don't think it's going to be a happy ending. I think well, the right. best you can hope for is arbitrary. Well, like He just that, ends, ends up somewhere and he's safe and he has a life and that's it. But that's what I mean. Like, I just I keep thinking about that because it's like, Jimmy, we kind
1: of know we I mean, we know where we're headed with Saul Goodman, but. Yeah, with with Cinnabon Jean, I think there is potential again. I mean, I it would be wildly optimistic to think that future Kim Wexler and him are going to end up in, uh, you know, like in San Juan or whatever, like together. or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think we're going to get that. But I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he turns himself in and sees her again. You know, I've thought about that. Like, maybe she's his lawyer, like as he That's faces himself. Yeah,
0: they both they both end up on the other side. But but yeah, I just clean on the other side. Well, man, we got all sorts of Shawshank shit happening. I know, but yeah, that's what I wonder is like. There's
1: that to me is the the really interesting because like part of me thinks I think they care about Jimmy as much as we do. Where it's like Walter White again was an asshole, and like for him, he wanted the the I want to die with my boots on. Like that's that's what Walter wanted was just. I'm going to die. The cancer is going to get me. I've had a lot of chances to turn away from this and to do something else. And I've refused everyone. I want to die infamously (laughs) rather than like quietly of a disease. You know, like that's just that's him. That was all his ego. That is him. He's a, he's a selfish son of a bitch. That's exactly what he would do. And so, but like with Jimmy, I don't know, everything is so tragic that I think I just find myself wanting something nice for him, (laughs) even if it's small, even if it's (sighs) like, you know, just, just the smallest Cinnabon gene victory. (laughs) I I don't want, want want
0: him to, you know what? I can hear, I can hear it. And I don't want to play armchair psychologist here or anything, but I, it seems to me that you want, you want Jimmy to have the happy ending that Omar never got yes i do yeah i I would definitely agree with that like i just
1: i i'm usually i I'm all for dark endings and I'm not terribly sentimental about shows, but there's something about how much I care about this character that i don't I don't want to see him just shit on it in the end like I want some kind of happiness for him i really do, and also
0: I love bob one, th- one thing i I never understood um is like <laughs> when robert forster um Uh, The R.I.P. Awesome actor. When he got, when he took Walter White, he put him up in like the mountains in like New England somewhere. Fucking Jimmy goes to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. That's like a one day
1: drive. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you see it that like there's a guy that recognizes
0: him that he's like, I saw your commercials all the time. Big country. He couldn't fuck off to like Seattle or some shit. He just ends up in Oklahoma. He was getting tired.
1: Like, he had a lot of vacuums to fix. He just, you know, ah, it's <laughs> fine. It's a- that must I- suck. <laughs> wow. All right. On that note, <laughs> I, think, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, but uh, remember, everybody, uh, burn it all down. It's my new, it's my new yeah, sign off.
0: Yeah. No, I like it. I like it. And definitely still shut up and get a lawyer. Dude, even more now after that habeas corpus, like uh, yeah, Miranda rights stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, as always, uh, we're going to end things with uh, this is Melanie in a brand new key. I rode my bicycle past your window. Hobo Radio is a production of HoboTrashCan.com. If
0: you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one.
1: We have to ask. It's a podcast where we answer the question Are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts,
0: Infinite Universes. We have have to to ask. New interviews every Tuesday.
1: Find us on iTunes or online at wehafttoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peaksloft Network at peaksloft.com.